Welcome. This is one of the lost episodes, and we finally made it happen. <laughs> Dude, it's full Christmas. I apologize to everyone listening. This isn't a Christmas episode. I'm just too lazy to have taken my Christmas tree down. When's the, uh... Hello, hello? Alright, when's the last time you should take, like, have your Christmas shit up? I'm a Jew, bro. I don't know. I don't know the. I don't know. I can't assume anyone's Jewish because everyone assumes I am. <laughs> Bro, I just did a show in New York and like they had prepared questions for us. And the only question that they had for me was what was my favorite Hanukkah present? Wow. I think it's a mixture of like you're a comedian, you have curly hair. Yeah. You have the facial hair. Like I feel like you fit the description. Do you leave your Hanukkah shit up too long? I don't celebrate Hanukkah, though. I'm you, like fake Jew. Okay. Yeah, I'm like a boneless Jew. Like agnostic, I mean? kind of? I don't know. I don't know. I was just raised, like, when I was a kid, I would do, like, Hanukkah when I was mad young. It would get both, though, because I'm like, I'm a mug blood. I'm like half breed. You know what I mean? Your mom or your dad? My mom. Okay, so, so you're like, you're like a real Jew. Technically, that makes me, yeah, exactly. Technically, yeah. it makes me a real Jew, but like, they don't, I never like went to temple or anything. I never had like a bat mitzvah or anything like that. So, do you remember what my first question was for you on the lost episode? <sighs> it's okay if you don't. I don't. I asked what your relationship with God was. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's weird one, dude. It teeter-totters. Um, and you talk about it in that song, the new song that released last night. Yeah. I thought I found religion for a moment until I prayed to God and no one came. It's like uh, one of those things It's kind of like a paradox, you know? Like when we think about religion, I feel like it's uh, I feel like it's something that sort of is subjective for most people. Like there's a whole spectrum to it and a lot of people have their own like interpretations of what it is, myself included. Um, but it's like just a really interesting concept in its in and of itself, you know what I mean? So I touch on it a lot because it's it, it's kind of one of those things that I really really think about. You know? Okay, do you think about it in the way of how it guides your life, or I hope we like in a recovery way? I know that's a big part of it. Um, to an extent, I mean, from like a recovery standpoint, nobody really, you know, it's like encouraged that you find some sort of higher power. But like, I know plenty of people that are in recovery that like are agnostic you know what i mean yeah um but i teeter-totter myself you know what i mean like sometimes i'll be like yeah there's a god and then other times i'll be like no there might not be a god yeah. you know what i mean yeah what did you mean with that line um that you you thought you found god for a minute it was kind of just like um i was almost trying to like capture a moment in time where like I felt that way and like we've all kind of felt that way where it's like, you know, we thought we believed in God, but we felt as though God left us, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. It's funny because no matter what you feel about it, and I, again, I don't mean to get into all this heavy shit right in the beginning, right, right, right. but no matter, uh, someone told, it's like, if you don't believe in anything or you do believe in something, you come to the same conclusion either way, which is you have to do it for yourself. Like, you have to, like, follow yourself. Because if you believe in God, they say God is inner. And if you don't, then you're just believing in yourself anyway. That's what you're supposed right, to do. Right, exactly, exactly. I mean, I just, like, my thing is just, like, not be a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. And, like, everything else will kind of, like, follow, you know? Yeah. That's what's the problem with, like... Pretty cut and dry. Yeah, like, oh, I feel like old churchy people or old religious people they're like i believe so i can be a piece of shit well well i mean that's like people weaponize their religion yeah. you know what i mean like religion is great until it's like weaponized you know you ever read the uh subtle art of not giving a fuck no i've been listening to the audiobook i won't even say i've been reading it you know like you can't really say you're reading something right right right, right, right. Just, it's just a long podcast essentially <laughs> exactly but the weaponizing ideas no matter what it is is a big thing like you feel like you have something so then you use that as like a protective shield right like success almost mm -hmm. you know people who get to a certain level and then they're just like done they don't want to learn anymore yeah 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 yep and that's it what's kept you pushing i'm a sicko <laughs> i'm like an obsessive sick 
sick human. That's literally it, man. Like, um, what's kept me pushing is just like, I've been doing this for my whole entire life. Um, I'd be letting too many people down if I were to stop. I don't have the luxury of stopping. Mm. I just don't, you know? Do you wish you could? Not necessarily. I mean, sometimes I do when the going gets tough, but like at the end of the day, it's like all part of the journey. You know, yeah. there is no destination really. There's just the journey and that's just part of it, you know? So it's like, fuck it. Like, and enjoy the journey. Yeah, when I can. Yeah. You know? Because you don't really enjoy the com- accomplishments for long mm-hmm. before you're like, what's next? You enjoy getting to the accomplishment. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing, man. It's uh, It's hard to... It's hard to stop and smell the roses when you're just, like, going so fucking fast a lot, you know? Like, every now and then, like, it'll hit me, and I'll just, like, take it all in, and I'll be like, holy shit, like, this is what my life looks like now. This is what's happening now, you know? But otherwise, it's just, like, all tunnel vision, like, okay, what's next? Okay, what's next? Okay, what's next? Yeah, because, like, if you told 12-year-old self, you... Oh shit, I went on my own headlining nationwide tour. Oh shit, I went on tour with Chris Webby around the whole country. Oh shit, I just released a song with Slug from Atmosphere today. You're, you probably wouldn't like believe it. Mm. Or would you? I'm not sure. I'm not sure, honestly. Like I knew that I had like a greater plan for me. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know the specifics, but I knew that like um I had like this thing inside me um that would allow me to like be able to do these things did you you get lost from that at all or was that for sure for sure yeah for sure i did um but then once i got it back i was like listen like dude if i beat what i beat and i got out of what i got out of like i can do fucking anything i want and there's nobody that's gonna stop me or tell me otherwise how long ago was that nine years yeah so i never even had a legal drink it's just all fucking music, dude. That's yeah. just my, my life. Like, every day I wake up, I think about it. I go to sleep, I think about it. I eat and I think about it. I talk about it. Do you remember your first memory? Music memory? I do. I do. Um, I remember, I was like, I think I got, like, in trouble or some shit. And I think I was, I was a baby, baby. But, like, um, I was, like, in my room and I was, like, singing. But it was like my own song singing about like the situation, but like I was really fucking feeling it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was like, yeah. damn, like I'm really feeling it. <laughs> you know? I was probably like maybe three or four or something. Um, and then the first song I ever wrote, I was eight. So this has just been like a consistent thing throughout my life. And also like on the creative side, like I've always been really into like making sets and like making movies and directing and things like that. Like how I direct my own videos. And yeah. Shit. Yeah. Which is something I didn't even realize until we had talked about. It. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So like when I was a kid growing up, I would like take my action figures and I would make movies with them or like um, one of my earliest memories, dude, I was a baby baby, but like I watched Aladdin and I thought Aladdin was tight as fuck. Mm-hmm. So I was like bored in my room. I was literally like three or, three or four. This is like one of my earliest memories, you know? And um, I was bored in my room and I wanted to make my room look like Aladdin so that I could like be Aladdin, you know what I mean? So I put baby powder all over the, the, the floor <laughs> to emulate the sand in Aladdin. <laughs> yeah, yep. And um, yeah. <laughs> I didn't get in trouble because my mom thought that that shit was genius, right? She's yeah. like, oh my God. It was really cool seeing at your show in Boston, seeing your mom like sing along and cry to your songs. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was, it was, I got emotional seeing that. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's always at the show. She's always front row, yeah. for sure. She vibes out. Do you think you were... Do you think you were born with the music thing? And do you think everyone is born with something? Yeah. Yeah, I think everyone is born with something. Um, when they figure it out is, you know, different for everyone. But everybody has something in them that's a strong suit, you know? Mm-hmm. I refuse to believe that there's, like, a, a an actual fucking worthless human being on the planet, you know? It's all about, like, figuring out, like, what your, what your calling is, essentially. Yeah. And then once you get there, you'll get that, ah, you know what I mean? Yeah, well... Will you ever get that? Ah, uh, 
I mean, you'll get in a spiritual way. Like you'll feel it when you're on your path. Like it'll feel right. Yeah. Like the like the first song, time I ever wrote a song, it felt right. When you were eight. Yeah. Or like the first time I went to the studio and recorded something, it felt right. What made you write that first song? Um. Well, I really enjoyed like poetry, and I really was influenced by music. You know what I mean? And I was like, you know, I grew up on like rap and like soul music and stuff like that. So. Um, I didn't, I was dealing with a, like, I had a fucking awful, like, childhood. Like, my childhood sucked, dude. So, like, the only real vessel that I, I, I could figure out how to, like, put this through was writing and music. Because I would hear these artists and they would talk about, like, their pain. And I was like, okay, that must help them. I'm gonna go and write about my pain, mm-hmm. you know? And then in turn, it just kind of turned into what it is today. I remember my first memory writing a joke. I was crying because I was so upset at my situation in life. Like yeah. I was young and I was like, I'm just going to write a joke. Right, right, right. And it's like, yeah. And that's the best way to deflect. Yeah. Is that, <laughs> it's definitely a successful way to deal with emotion. Mm-hmm. But I always think about, is it the proper way to deal with emotion? It isn't, it isn't. Yeah. I mean, it all depends on how you compartmentalize it, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day. That's really what... Uh, what matters most, really. How do you keep yourself level? I don't. <laughs> That's a fucking lie, dude. That's a, if you ask, ask anybody on my team, if you ask anyone on my team, they will tell you I'm the most unlevel fucking human being ever because every day it's just a million things, dude. Yeah. And I'm handling them personally. You know what I mean? So whether that's shipping merch, helping create merch and helping design merch and coming up with marketing ideas and booking shows and going back and forth with other people's management and then going back and forth with other people on business matters relating to me. And it's all me, dude. And it's, so it's hard to be level. How do you keep a love of the art when the business side gets into it? Cause I'm dealing with that now. That's a hell of a good question. I, I just remember why I started, you know, if, if I lose sight of why I started and if I lose sight of who I do it for and like who's rooting for me, then I, you know, I lose sight of the, the love for the art. It's hard. It's hard. The bigger things get and, like, the more serious things get, the harder it is to kind of love. Like, it's not as simple anymore. You know, like, before it was like, hey, sing my silly little songs. You know <laughs> what I mean? And now it's like, you know, business matters, money matters, legal issues, fucking, you name it, you know? So it gets harder as it goes. Um, But, like, I remind myself every day, like, dude, there's so many people, like, and I touched on this before, but, like, there's so many people that, like, are dead that, like, I came up with and that, like, I love, you know? And they're never going to be able to chase their dreams, ever, you know? Or, like, so many people that are, like, locked up or, you know? And they'll never be able to do half the shit that I've done. So, like, I got to keep going, if not for me, for them. Yeah. You know? Otherwise, it's a fucking waste of a life. I have this gift. I have this thing. People seem to like it. So I'm going to keep going till the fucking wheels fall off. Fuck it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nothing else I can do, dude. And that's why you started. Yeah, I when started. Because I, I think I got jaded recently. Ooh. And it's not good. That's the best. To get jaded? Oh, dude. The stunning realization that people are fucking pieces of shit. Yes, dude. Yeah, yeah it is. Mm-hmm. But it's a hard realization to come through. In a nutshell... In a nutshell, dude, that's like where, where I was at for a long time with uh with my like experiences in LA, and then you know it's it's easy to get jaded. How did you get out of it? I'm still jaded. <laughs> I I just you know the circle just got smaller, and my 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 uh my trust got lesser. Was it a good decision to come back to Massachusetts? Um, for for like. For mental health, yeah. Actually, yeah, it was a good decision. You know what I mean? Because, like, uh, when I got back home, that's when things really started taking off for me. You know? It wasn't until um, I really, really locked the fuck in and came back here and got back to my roots. Like, you know, the first thing I did when I moved back was I went through my notebooks. I went through all of my old notebooks, all of my old writing, my old journals, everything. Listen to all my old radio interviews, all my old music. I'm talking from like when I was like 14, 15, 
You know what I mean? And then once I did that, um, that's when I, I remembered like why I love this shit. Cause I, I was, I was jaded out there, man. Like, listen, you're in LA, you're in writing rooms, writing all these fucking awful pop songs for these fucking awful artists that don't have a lick of fucking talent. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you gotta write the songs, you gotta fucking, you know, play the instruments. You gotta do all the fucking things. Like you were doing that. Yeah. Yeah, I was, like, writing for other people and, like, pitching and stuff or just, like, ridiculous stuff. You know what I mean? Absolute ridiculousness. Which must be hard as someone who wants creative control over their product. Like, well, you this would shoot be for other videos. people. You, no, I know, but oh, yeah, yeah, was yeah. it tough then, like, with you, how you felt about your stuff, seeing other people fake it and make it? Well, there was a while where, like, I stopped believing in myself so much, you know? I didn't like who I was. I felt as though I was kind of like not going anywhere. I didn't know who I was. Um, I was fat as hell. My clothes were whack. I had a beard. How fat were you? I was fat, bro. Like like me right now, like you can't really tell because I'm wearing a, a hella baggy sweater. But I was like 50 pounds more than what I am right now. And like at my height, bro, like five foot nothing, 50 pounds is like looks like 100 yeah, pounds. You're right. Like I was a big boy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was not moving correct. And then, um, you know, my confidence was shot. Like my, my mental health was like at an all time low. And, um, I was at the point where it's like, okay, I don't feel like I can be in the limelight like this. Like, I feel like, you know, maybe I can play it safe and just write my bright songs for other people, you know? Do you see yourself getting lost down that path or did you know that you were going to come out of it? I had no idea. I had no idea until I, I made the ugly parts. Because what happened was I came home and I I wrote and recorded the ugly parts with Knox. And that was like... That shout was, out Knox. Yeah, shout out Knox Bees. Um, and I, uh, I made that and I'm like, hold on, like, this is special. I was like, I unlocked something new inside me. You know what I mean? Like, this is actually what I sound like. This is actually like music that I would listen to if it weren't me. And I'm like, holy shit, like, all right, let's fucking go. You know, and like yeah. I moved back home, I lost weight, I started taking care of myself, you know, I started taking care of things and um, planned, you know, very precisely planned out my next move. And um, yeah, it's just been on an upward trajectory ever since. It's been crazy. Because in the beginning, you need the looseness of no plan. Mm -hmm. But then once you get that first spark to start a fire, right. you need the fire to be built properly. Exactly. Like you need the plan. Yeah. Yeah, and I knew I had something special. It was undeniable. Like, there there was no denying that, like, this project that I have was, was good. What made you... You came back and you read all your journals and then you wrote the ugly part? Yeah. Yeah, because I needed to, like, get back to, like, my foundation. Because I needed to remind myself why I started and why I love this shit. Because being out there and being as jaded as I was and doing the things that I was doing, and, you know, it was not it, bro. This was not it. That's not like that's not the co the the cloth that I'm cut from. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and even yeah, you kind of like push away from the th the thing that brought you in it to the the first place. Mm -hmm. And the weight gain thing is real because I would say I'm 50 pounds heavier than when I started the podcast, and it makes your mind sluggish too. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it super does. Like body right, mind right is a it's true. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a it's a you know. It's three tiers in it, you know what I mean? It's spiritual, mental, and physical. Like, yeah, you know, I gotta like do my best to take care of at least fucking one of them. Yeah, <laughs> you that's know? funny. I were in my apartment and I said, "Oh, there's my yoga equipment behind the camera." Mm -hmm. Like that's what I I when I'm at my best, I'm journaling, I'm doing yoga, and I'm meditating every yeah. day, and that's my mind, body, my soul. You know? Yeah, that's amazing. But I'm out of it. Like I, I would do it every day, but I. How did you get to your mindset to push yourself to like I'm going to take care of myself? Um, because I was sick of hating myself. I was sick of hating the way that I looked. I was sick of like, um, taking like two hours to get changed. You know what I mean? Like, I put a fit on and then I'd look in the mirror and I'd be like, "Yo, I look like shit." And then I'd switch the fit and I'd be like, "Man, I look like shit." And then it would just like spiral into something completely fucking different. And it was just awful, dude. You know what I mean? And I yeah. was sick of that. I was sick of just um, not feeling like myself, you know, or feeling like I was like an easy target. 
you know, or, you know, not feeling marketable, <laughs> I mm. guess you could say. You know mm. what I mean? I wanted to recreate myself. I had gotten to the point where I was completely unhappy. I didn't want to be that Justin anymore. And I came back and I fucking recreated myself. I did a whole entire rebrand. I rebranded my whole shit. It's working out. Working out better than ever. Because you're being yourself. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, Are you liking yourself now? Depends on the day. You know what I mean? Depends on the day. Justin still has some uh, some problems with Justin, but you know, it's a it's a it's a work in progress for now. But yeah. I definitely look in the mirror and, and I feel a lot better. You know, mentally it's like a you know hit or miss yeah. most times. Are you happy with what you've accomplished in that time since you rebranded? Absolutely, but it's not enough. Like. Like we were talking about before, it's hard to like stop and smell the the flowers. That doesn't mean that I'm not grateful for the growth. That doesn't mean I'm not grateful for like the new fans. But it just means that if I get if I get caught up in just that, it's gonna stay just there. Yeah, you feel me? So like I'm just like okay, that's great, but like I want more times twenty. Yeah, you know. And then when I get there, I'm gonna want more too. And that's the craziness that you kind of need. Yeah. To get past the complacency. Yeah. Yeah. I can't be complacent. Like yeah. I said, I wish, I wish, I wish people on my team were here because they would be like, yes, no, he's, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm obsessive. I'm neurotic to the fucking core. I just push, dude. No, I, I just go. I feel you. And that's why I fuck with you as a person and you as an entity. Cause Thank you. I like the music, but that inspires me. Cause that's something I see in myself too. Yeah. And it's nice to know that there's others. Yeah, you, you just got to be built for it, man. You yeah. just got to be built different. That's what I think this podcast works is like, I hope people listening are like, well, that's how I feel about photography. Right. Or that's how I feel about starting a business making hand-painted stamps. Or that's Something, how I feel about anything. anything. It doesn't, starting your own burger restaurant. Maybe you have to work at McDonald's to find out you want to start your own chain. Bro, like, what it comes down to is that you got to fucking want it. Yeah. You got to want it. It doesn't matter. Listen, you could literally have Purple Rain written and ready to go. But if you don't want it, it's not going to do what Purple Rain did. Yeah. Period. You don't have that fucking hustle inside of you. You don't have that fire in your fucking stomach. Then you better get fucking going because people like us are just going to eat you like food. Yeah. You know, like period. Where do you think that fire comes from? Being told that I couldn't my whole life. Being down for so fucking long. You know, I've been doing this forever, dude. Like the first time I ever went viral was on Barstool Sports when I was 14 and they made fun of me. And that's what set it off for me. <laughs> what was that? It, dude, it was like this weird thing in like my backyard. And it was like me and my homies like freestyling or something. And then Barstool Sports in its infancy. Dave Portnoy himself wrote the fucking article. <laughs> right. In its infancy, they picked it up and they put it out and they were like, everybody laugh at this fucking white kid rapping right which like in their defense i would have fucking laughed at myself like i can look back and be like yeah that was fucking hilarious right but i was 14 dude you know yeah. i was 14 getting death threats and shit from like grown men and then like in turn that went viral and then all my other music wound up getting on all these like blogs of like white people rapping poorly and shit <laughs> and then um i would go to school and i would bring my mixtapes in and people would like throw them out or like one time I was walking down the street and they fucking frisbeed it at my head out of a car and just like being told that I sucked every day. Like just, but that set the fire. Like, all right, I'm, I'm going to fucking show you. And every single day I got a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better, went a little bit further, did a little bit more. And now it's like the baby steps turned into fucking strides and I just keep going and going and going. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because a lot of people, that would happen, and they just give up. Oh, yeah, for sure. If I, if, if I gave up, I would be giving too many, too many people the fucking, you know. I feel you. You know what it's I'm like saying? It's like as soon as you tell someone, I'm going to be this thing, yeah. you kind of have to do it. Yeah, and there, there, there's never been, like, a plan B for me. It's just this. I don't even have a high school education. My highest level of education is 10th grade. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Did you? You just didn't care about school at all. No. I yeah. No. I didn't either, but I forced my. You know, I, I was forced to do it. I said, "I'm a, I'm a, I'm a do this." It was a mixture of that and like being strung out, but still, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But still, man, and and it's just like, and even when I first got clean, I was like, "All right, like I'm gonna fucking go for it." Were you using before the video went viral? Um, which one? That barstool one. Oh, I was using during it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because uh, I was I was doing I was doing drugs and like getting high till I was like nineteen. How young were you when you started? Twelve. Yeah. Do you ever look at a twelve year old now? Absolutely. Like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, how, dude? Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, yo, like my balls didn't even drop yet, and I was doing all these hard drugs. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. I was gonna ask, were you using to push away? your uh creative talent but at that age you almost don't know no i was using the mask something dude you know yeah. i was using the mask something but you know i never thought that i'd be able to create again because all my experiences revolved around getting high and then going to the studio or getting high at the studio or getting high and then writing um so like that was my biggest fear when i first got clean mm, that you wouldn't know how to do it yeah or, or that you couldn't do it, or I wouldn't be comfortable enough, or like I I wouldn't be able to have the same thoughts. That was I did. it uncomfortable? Um, yes and no. It's comfortable in a sense of like this is a familiar space, this is a familiar place, this is a familiar thing that I'm doing. It was uncomfortable in a sense of like a lot of my music is very vulnerable, and like without those drugs, I'm I'm practically naked, you know. But it's yeah. like part of the part of the fucking deal. Is it hard when people relate, or not even relate, but enjoy something so personal? It's, it's weird. I'm going to be real with you. It's, it's wild sometimes, you know? Because I'm like, I'll make something so specific, and like somebody will be like, yeah, me too. Or like, yeah, I feel that. Or like, yes, I could relate to that. Or like, the craziest thing as of recent is like people getting tattoos of my shit. <sighs> like, that's the craziest thing for me you know yeah like that's nuts bro or like when i was on tour and like people like bringing me art that they made just for me you know what i mean because like my art to them was, was something yeah like that shit is the craziest honestly do you have any tattoos of other people's shit I have an atmosphere tattoo. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, man. I gotta tap you up for that. <laughs> yeah, bro. I got an atmosphere tattoo. And last night. And I have a Wu Tang tattoo. Really? That's so funny. Yeah. Do you want to plug what you just dropped last night? Uh, yeah, yeah. I just dropped um, a record with with Slug of Atmosphere, and um, it's sick. The story behind it is fucking hilarious, too. Oh, I'd love to hear it. So. So I've known Slug for several several years now, right? Like, um, and this was a super organic record. Like, it wasn't like one of those things. Like, I never talked to him before, and I just sent him an open verse, and I was like, "How much for a feature?" You know what I mean? <laughs> it was like a bit more personal than that because we've known each other for a while now. Um, so when I was a kid, now mind you, I I grew up being like an Atmosphere super fan, right? Like Rhyme Sayers, I, I was really into like Rhyme Sayers, Def Jux, fucking like super weird underground niche pockets of rap right um but that's not all i listen to i listen to everything but like i really vibe with that stuff um so i got asked to hand out flyers for his show at the house of blues in exchange for a free ticket to the show um and i was like oh sick yeah for sure and um as a result of being on the street team for the show i got put in an email thread, um, and one of the emails on there was was Sean's slugs, and I was like, "Hmm, okay." So I fucking emailed them, dude. I actually have a screenshot of the email right over here, but um, <laughs> I fucking I emailed them and I pretended that I worked for a radio station. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, hey, I want to set up a huge radio interview for you on the day of your show and this and that. And, like, long story short, I got backstage <laughs> and I fucking met him. And um, he was super cool, man. And, like, we we hung out and it was me, him, and my homie Dart Adams. And, like, we chilled and talked about, like, Prince for, like, two hours. You know what I mean? Because uh, he's a, you know, Slug's a Minnesota guy. So we chilled and we talked about Prince. 
And he gave me one of the best pieces of advice I've ever received in my whole entire life. Right? Because it was like, this was around the time of like the 20th anniversary of Overcast. And like he was having this like realization that like, holy shit, like I've been doing this for 20 years and like we're still selling out shows, you know, which is fucking crazy from an independent standpoint. That's nuts. And I, I, I was talking to him and I was like, dude, how did you do this? Like, what was it that, you know? And he told me that like, you got to be really good at failing. Like you got to get extraordinarily good at failing. And that conversation changed the trajectory of my whole entire fucking life. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that happened. And then he took a selfie with me and posted it on his Twitter. And I thought that was like the coolest shit ever. So we kept in touch back and forth for like, you know, six, seven years, just checking in every now and then. And, um, I made the, the demo of the empty space song and it was just me on keys and guitar and me singing the first verse. And I sent it to him and I was like, yo, what do you think about this? Like, are you interested in something like this? And he hits me back a week later with a verse on it. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yep. That verse that you guys used? Mm-hmm. Wild. Yep. Yeah, man. And he was like complimenting my writing and I'm just like, holy shit, like this is one of my favorite writers of all time complimenting my <laughs> writing. Like what the fuck, you know? Yeah. Really cool shit, man. Really cool shit. And what, when did you then add like the beat to it that wasn't just the keys? Um, we added the beat after, but originally it was just guitar and piano. Wild. That is a crazy story. Yeah. And full circle. Very full circle. That shows that you are on the right path. Definitely. That you didn't like not fuck up that friendship, but like. You didn't. You weren't using him. You were inspired by him. Yeah. And then it worked out. It was all you love. Were, yeah. You were using your own path. You weren't doing yeah, it. Any exactly. Other way. It was all love, man. It was all love, and it was just like you know, I was a fan first. Yeah. <laughs> Which like at sometimes. Did you ever show him your tattoo? <laughs> so when he took. <laughs> so when no, not in person. When we took the picture together, I went like this. You know what I mean? And I have like I got it when I had like a month clean. It says love life. <laughs> <laughs> fucking listen i was a kid man this is around the time when i got massachusetts on my neck and all that so. but like we took the picture and i did like one of these right not knowing that it would show up and he he hit me up right away and he was like bro do you have a fucking is that a fucking atmosphere tattoo and i was like oh, and yeah, he felt man. the same way you felt when someone shows you their right. tattoo and now i know but it's yeah but it's cool it's cool but it's just one of those things man like and we've talked about it slug and i have talked about it before where it's just like one of those like weird things like when people say this this stuff like all this heartfelt stuff like you changed my life you did this you did that it's just like Sometimes it's, I don't know how to respond. Yeah. It's because it's so crazy. And like, I have the meanest imposter syndrome. Mm, me too, bro. In the fucking world, dude. Yeah. Like, like my imposter syndrome is nuts. You know what I mean? Like, I'll like go and I'll do a show. Like when I was on tour and I was playing for like, like I played the rave and there was like 800 people there in Milwaukee in the middle of fucking nowhere. And like, they knew who I was. You know, and I got off and like they wanted my autograph and they wanted to buy things and they wanted pictures. And and I'm just like, they're they're fucking lying. They're just doing this to like make me feel better. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like that's what my head would tell me because like there's no way, you know, like these these silly little songs from this fucking dude from Peabody is like, you know, it's just the wildest shit. Why don't you think you deserve it? I don't necessarily think I don't deserve it. I just oftentimes question reality. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm like, is any of this even fucking real? Yeah. You know? Because you think of yourself at the darkest places. And then you think of yourself in the pendulum swinging the other way. Yeah, it's wild. Like when I, when I, when I, when I really like sit down and think about like where I was and like what was happening and like where i was headed and now like where i am now and like where i'm headed and like what's going on it's a fucking trip you know what i mean it's like one of those things like and i try not to dwell on it for too long because it's like it's crazy but also like i'm not even halfway there i'm not even a quarter of the way there yeah you know Mm -hmm. like i'm i'll stop I'll, i'll i'll stop for longer and like reflect when i'm like where i'm at times fucking 50 you know yeah 
Yeah. Till then, just small wins. Everything's bonus points, though. Really, that's like my thing. Because, like, all right, I was talking to Benny the Butcher. Mm-hmm. I I could say Benny, but for people listening, and he was like trying to like tell me how he wants to be like at the top. Mm-hmm. And it's like, bro, you are at the top, but he's not in his eyes. Yeah. In his eyes, he's still an underground artist that no one knows mm-hmm. compared to, like, it's just so wild. It, there's such a spectrum. There's such a, a wide, wide, wide spectrum to success, and everybody's idea of it is different. The further you go into the room, the wider it gets. Word. Like I like that, yeah. Or, like, the farther you go into the cave, the bigger the cave gets, mm-hmm. or however you want to say. Like... Did you ever hit like the level of followers you thought you wanted? And then you realize there's so many people that also have that amount of followers. For sure. And you're like, wait, who are all these people? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it was like it was like that when I got like like uh you know, the the ten ten K. Yeah. And I was like, Huh. I woke up and I saw it was ten thousand, I'm like, eh. yeah. <laughs> I'm like yeah. I thought it would be like this like climactic <laughs> or like i woke up with like the blue check and i'm like oh fuck i'm verified and then i'm like eh. cool you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah. um, being verified is pretty cool yeah <laughs> it's it's all right man you know it's um it, it I, I mean i guess i hate to say it like legitimizes me you know what i mean because yeah. like i'm fucking legit like i really make music <laughs> yeah. you know but it for, for from the eyes of somebody being on the outside it's more likely to grab their attention and be like, okay, this is an actual person who is recognized for their art. Yeah. You know, social media is like the thing that you need more than anything, but also it's so unnecessary at the same time when you really (sighs) think about how it makes you money. It's the bane of my existence. Really. It's such a double edged sword. Uh, I'm not going to front. Sorry. My shit's just like, but it's popping off because of the post. (laughs) Yeah. Cause the atmosphere thing. That is crazy that you dropped that last night and we're doing this today. I'm happy it worked out like that. I know. This is awesome, dude. I'm, like, very excited about it. Um, I can't believe. It It, it was weird because, like, I went live on Instagram last night when it came out. And, like, I kept tripping up over, <laughs> over, over shit. I was like, I was like, wait a second. That's fucking weird, you know? Yeah. Because, like, I have, um... Like, in my room, I have, like, an accumulation. Like, I like to keep special things all in one place. Like, I like to, like, keep the energy around there. So, like, I'll have, like, special things that I've that I've collected over the years. Um, like, little, like, trinkets and items that mean a lot to me. You know? And one of those things is the God Loves Ug- Ugly album. Like, the physical album, the same one that I had since I was, like, a child. You know what I mean? So, like, I'm on live, and, like, I look over, and I'm just like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Yeah. But um Yeah. I mean it but that's just like you know, that's just part of the deal. Like this is where I'm at right now. And like this is how it's going to be and this is how it's going to continue to be. That's how it's supposed to be. You know, people are like never meet your idols. But pick better idols. Word. Like why would you or want just your idols be, to be shitty people? Right, you or wouldn't just don't be a meet. fucking weirdo. <laughs> yeah. You know what literally. I mean? Like the the people that are like, nah man, never meet your idols. I'm like, well, were you fucking weird with them? Like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I've met plenty of famous people that and, and they were fine. They're just they're just as depressed as us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I ain't going front. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but that book, The Uttle Art a Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, was talking about that, was talking about like to excel in one thing, you kind of have to be shitty at other things. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're a super successful celebrity, it's not like you're gonna also be a great talker and also no. a great, uh, no. co- also like a great, uh, in a like a great boyfriend or girlfriend. Or, or yeah, no like, way, no way, no way. No, you're gonna suck. <laughs> like regardless, like that's you my spend thing. So much time on one thing. Like I'm good at music. Like. That's pretty much it for the most part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm good at music. I'm good and at business. Directing. I'm so bad at business. No, I'm fucking awful at it. It's so hard. It's so hard with a creative mind. Oh, to be financially literate is my... <laughs> I yeah. just want to be financially literate. Mm-hmm. That's something I never learned as a kid. <sighs> yeah, I wish I could just like, you know... 
but like now i just got like management and stuff like mm-hmm. that finally and like i really congrats got, thank you I, they're fucking awesome you know what i mean i've known i've known them for a while now and there's been like a lot of vetting on both sides and you know how did so, you know it was the right time and right people because i knew as things were getting bigger and they had something to manage a lot of artists get it fucked up where they're just like they come they come in and they start out and right away they're like i need a manager but there's like nothing to fucking manage you know what I mean? I waited until I actually had, like, a, a, a company. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, something that needed to be managed and it's, like, multifaceted and there are more than one thing. There's more than one thing going on. Like, there's the music, but then there's the touring and then there's the merchandise and then there's, the, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, and I need fucking help. <laughs> yeah. I can't. It's gotten to the point where it's big enough where I can't wear all the hats anymore. And it's sad because I'm a control freak, you know, but at the same time, it's good because, you know, that means that I don't need to do all this stuff. But I will say that, like, the way I approach it is, like, I think of it as I'm the CEO of, like, a multi-million dollar company. Yeah. Like, if I'm a, if I'm a CEO of a multi-million dollar company, I'm working every fucking day, all day, grinding, right, just to get to the next one. So, while... Justin Clancy might not be a multi-million dollar company. I'm treating it as such until it becomes as such, you know? Yeah. So every single day I'm grinding. Every single day I'm working. I, my schedule is fucking packed, you know? And you have to have people that you trust to handle the rest of the weight. Because you can't, to handle a successful business, you can't do it on your own. Of course. Is of that course. scary, though, to give up the reins? Super. Super, super. But, like, I, you know, I, I fuck with people that I believe have my best interest at heart. And if there's an inkling of them not having my best interest at heart, they're fucking gone. Mm-hmm. You know? Because, like, I get to dictate how people treat me. Has that happened? For sure. For sure. Um, and do you think it's their, what, do they want to use you as, like, a stepping stone? As a- no, I'm not big enough to be a stepping stone. You know, but, like, there are plenty of ways where people can use you to their own benefit, whether it's outright or whether it's, you know, it's a, it's all a possibility. You don't have to be rich and famous to be taken advantage of. No, not at all. You know all. what I mean? And, and you like, have to be able to see how people talk to you. Word. Exactly. Exactly. Like, you talk know? to, what's the golden rule? Treat others the way you want to be treated. For sure. Like, for sure. I'll talk with you. I, I want to be respectful, so you better treat me with respect. Yeah, yeah. And, like, everybody in my camp, like, you know, my core team out here, like, these are my fucking guys. You know what I mean? Like, we say I love you before we hang up the phone. We hug when we see each other. We hug when we leave. You know, like, that's, like, we're family. You know what I mean? So, like, you I know. love that with friends. Mm-hmm. I'm an only child. Me too. Oh, word? Well, so I'm an only child, but um, I don't have, like, any of the only child-isms. I don't feel like you do either. But, like, when I was 13, um, I found out I had a little sister because she walked up to me in school and said, hey, I'm your little sister. Really? Mm-hmm. Two years two years apart. We're super close now. But I had no fucking idea. And then she walked up to me and she was like, hey, are you Justin Clancy? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, I'm your sister. And I was like, no, you're not, dude. What are you fucking, what are you talking about? And it turns out, like, yeah, man, that's like, yeah. That's your sister? That's my legitimate sister. How did she know? Because I guess her parents didn't fucking lie to her, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. That's how the fuck she knew. That's crazy. Yeah, bro. Damn. Yeah. So I couldn't even imagine that. It was a trip. Yeah. And it you guys are close now. Oh, yeah. oh, wait, I met your sister. At the show? At the show, yeah. 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 Oh, the, yeah, 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 At the yeah, Brain that's right. Music yes, dude. Show. Yeah, she had the champagne and all that. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, dude. That's beautiful that you guys are close, but that's a wild That's story. my fucking dog. How did you deal with that at that time? I, I don't fucking know. My my <laughs> mind was blown, dude. Yeah, bro, I can't. I was like, that. dude, no fucking way. Like, I, it was hard for me to accept until, like, we, we probably, like, grew up a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, because it was so strange. It was so strange, and, like, we're, like, so different, but so same. Yeah. Uh, you know what I think is an only childism, And I actually do think I give up only child energy. But I think it's the the not being able to give up the reins and wanting control over the situation and just pushing no matter what. Because, mm-hmm. like, I never, I never had to be, like, 
I don't mean share in a bad way, but it's like if I wanted something done or if I had to deal with something or if I like it was on me. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, that's that's how that's how I am, too. Like if something gets fucked up, I want it to be my fault. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and if something, you know, and. uh Yeah, I would rather like driving, for example, like ask anybody that's been on tour with me. I fucking drive the van. Did you? I drive the fucking van. I drive the van. Dude. Are you a good driver? I'm a great driver. Okay. They'll say otherwise, but fuck them. I'm a fantastic driver. Listen, all right. I drove straight. The longest drives I've ever done. Mind you, when I moved back from LA, I drove back. So I drove there to move, but it was with my ex. Driving home, I was alone. And I fucking sent it. I drove straight from L.A. to Boston, and it was probably like two or three days. Just straight fucking sent it in a Honda. But like the longest like stretches, dude. Like I drove from, I drove from Denver to Los Angeles. God damn. In one stretch, I drove from Missouri to Boston in one stretch, and I drove from Chicago to New Hampshire. See, that's probably the longest I ever did was Chicago to Boston yeah. by myself. Ooh. The last three hours you start getting, the last two hours you're like, well, luckily your brain's homies. Luckily it was like friends oh, in the oh, van see, and no, shit. I was alone from Chicago back that's here. Bru- and you drove straight? In a snowstorm, yeah. Jesus Christ, what the fuck were you doing there, man? I was just wanting to get home. What were you doing in Chicago? A show. I had a show. Jesus Christ. That's what was your favorite moment on tour and your least favorite moment? Oh, I know what your least favorite moment on tour was. The fucking... <laughs> the car getting broken into? Which tour? The Webby tour or my tour? Your tour. My least favorite... Or what's your favorite tour memory? Any tour. The car getting broken into is probably your worst memory. And I'm so sorry. It was sorry a fucking that. awful memory, but also it was like... It was really eye-opening to see how many people care and how many people like love what I'm doing and like love me. Because... I put that up and I made a post about it and I, I fucking put like my Venmo and shit and like within three hours we, we had enough money to get new gear. Re- That's beautiful. Yeah. Yep. All from fans, dude. All from fans and family and supporters and shit. Like, That's beautiful. 100 bucks here, 100 bucks there, 20 bucks here, 20 bucks there. It added up, dude. You know what I mean? We got like fucking five grand in like a couple hours. God damn. Yeah. Yeah. And it shows that people care and that you are. Yeah. In that moment, you don't feel imposter syndrome, I feel. In that moment, no. In that moment, I'm like, wow, this is like tangible. Like, people love me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, It's not in my nature to like, like, uh, panhandle, <laughs> like, busk. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it was like desperate times, desperate measures. We had a show the next day. Like, we needed help. At the Viper Room? Yeah. Yeah, we needed help. How'd the show go? It went good, man. It went good. LA's a weird crowd, though. I'm not going to front. Have you ever done a show in LA? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's comedy, so I feel like it's a little different. Yeah, yeah. It felt weird. It felt like, uh, entertain me. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. Because there's so much around them. Word. Like, I'm yeah. used to, like, Boston and, like, everybody jumping around, going crazy and screaming and, like, crowd surfing and fucking... Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that L.A. is just not that vibe. Well, you know what it is? It's Boston, even if weed's legal, is a drinking town. Mm-hmm. And L.A. is a weed town. Yeah. And I'm, weed crowds, I, I'm not, I don't know about L.A. specifically, but when I do, like, weed crowds, they enjoy it, but they don't act like they, they enjoy it because they're just, like, stoned. Yeah. You yeah. know, they're just, like, stone chilling. And yeah. then afterwards, they'll be like, that was great. And I'll be like, your face didn't show it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's exactly what I experienced. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, like, I'm a big energy guy. Like, I want people freaking the fuck out, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, Boston goes hard as shit. Like, I love doing shows out here. You were at the you were at that the one. The Brighton Music Yeah, that one. shit was yeah. fire. You know Crazy. what I mean? And I was up at um the one in New Hampshire... That you opened for Webby at. Hampton. Hampton. That was fucking and That sick. was a crazy. That was a good show, yeah. dude. Yo, I'll never forget, too. That show on stage was so fucking hot. Bro. Yeah. I, yo, it had to have been like 120 degrees on that damn stage. Because it was during the summer, too. It was during the summer. It oversold by like 250 people, right? Packed in Wally's, dude, which is like refined by fucking hardwood. Yeah. And the condensation, the sweat, the fucking, 
you name it, it was in the air. It was like walking through a mist machine mm-hmm. of dirty, dirty New Hampshire sweat. <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally, dude. Yeah, no, that shit was insane. But um, all right, favorite tour memory. Favorite tour memory. Man, there's so many, bro. The tour was so much fun. I'd say I'd just summarize it as like all the shows, dude. You know what I mean? Like we we had such a good energy, like me and my crew. Um, like there were a lot of cities that like I really really vibed with. You know what I mean? Like I love Pittsburgh. Mm. <coughs> Pittsburgh is so sick. Um, like uh, Springfield, Missouri. Like the Ozarks are great. I love the Ozarks. I've too. always wanted to go there. They're sick. They're really fucking cool. You watch the show. Yeah. Yeah, 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 but they're like in the in the swamps. You yeah, know what I mean they're like in the, the Ozarks is large. It's a large area, I think. But like, nah, the Ozarks is. You learned sick. that in eleventh grade. You know? Yeah. Oh shit! Geography. I'm fucking a year off, dude. God damn it! But um, I think uh, surprisingly, dude, like one of my favorites was like Fargo, North Dakota. Mm. Like it was just such a random place And it was just like all like just such a bit Like the whole thing was just a bit And like I would go and like I went to like this random thrift shop And like they had this sick t-shirt with like horses on it And I fucking <laughs> copped that dude And then like we went to this weird diner And it was just a big fever dream You know Yeah It was. You're it was like great. why the fuck am I in North Dakota Oh for my art Yeah like, yeah, 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 exactly, yeah 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 exactly I'm like damn like <laughs> I never thought my art would bring me here to fucking Lawrence, Kansas. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. What's your proudest moment that you've had in life? In life? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a good that's a good one. My proudest moment in life. Um, uh, I mean there's a couple. Um in 2017, I did a very small show. This was before things got really, like, bigger than they are now. And um, it was at the Middle East upstairs in Boston, and there was probably 25 to 35 people there. And I put out a song called TV Dinner. And I was on stage, and the whole crowd, everybody sang the hook word for word. And I had never experienced that before because I never made music where, like, people could sing along to. And, like, I was like, wow. They're singing like what I felt right back at me, and it was just like this this boost of energy that was like fucking insane, you know. Yeah. So that's up there for sure. Um, I would say. Do you still get that thrill? Not to cut you off. Fuck yeah, hell yeah! I love that, dude. I love that when people sing my shit back, and that was the craziest part of being on the Midwest tour. Because, like, I'd be in the middle of fucking nowhere and people would be singing my songs back to me. And I wasn't even the headliner. Like, that's the craziest shit. You know? Like, seeing people mouthing the lyrics and they're familiar with it. Like, it's nuts. Um, so, yeah, man. Like, that's... that. But, but the first time it ever happened was, like, the proudest moment in my life. That's beautiful. Probably one of them. That's beautiful. It's funny. To go back to our original thing we talked about... You do have the prayer hands on your neck. I know. <laughs> so I don't want to feel like an I saw the Christmas tree and I was like, I felt like an asshole assuming at the beginning. No, no, no. But no. you do have the prayer hands on your neck. So like, <laughs> so like the prayer hands was like a bad decision. All right, let's just let's just fucking we're just gonna fucking clear the air, okay? Prayer hands. Bad decision, dude. Okay? I was like 20, 21. I wanted to look like a badass. Right? I was like, how can I look unapproachable? Because I'm like, I look like a nice guy. Like, there's no denying it. I look like a very, like... uh, You have a friendly face. I look like a pleasure to have in class. You know what I mean? Especially if you were a little chubbier. Word. Yeah, so it was a mixture of that. And, like, I was, you know, I had, like, this weird beard, like, a little chin strap action. (laughs) It was was wild, wild times, bro. And, like, I didn't appreciate the fact that I looked nice, Mm -hmm. I guess, for some fucking reason. Now (laughs) it it works in my favor, you know what I mean? Now it's good. But back then I was like, man... How can I look badass? 
And I'm like fucking prayer hands, dude. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm gonna get a neck tattoo, but I'm gonna make it meaningful, right? <laughs> so first it was just the hands, and it wasn't the clouds and sh- whatever the fuck. And like I remember, I'll never forget. I came home, and my mother was like, "It looks like you have a fucking dick on your neck." <laughs> Sitting in the kitchen with her fucking cigarette, and I'm like, "Oh god." Damn it! And like, <laughs> did it look uh, like a dick? Probably, dude. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. But um, yeah, it was not a fucking. It, it's not my proudest tattoo. What percentage of tattoos do you like? Like fucking twenty. <laughs> <laughs> like like twenty percent, dude. You know what Are I mean? Are you covered? Covered? Um, for the most part, like kinda. You know, I have spots, but do you have a favorite? Um. Yeah, I really like my panther on my stomach and then like my nine seven eight right here. Um I like my rose though. My rose is cool. It's from a Tupac poem. Mm. Rose from the concrete poem. Yeah. I, I got that. And there's like a little piece of concrete and shit. Like the rose is cool and all that stuff, but like the other shit, like like I don't even like the style of tattoo that I have anymore. Like I'm not even a fan of that shit anymore. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm 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 a whole fucking man now, and yeah. I'm just like looking, and I have like all this prime real estate taken up. I'm like, mm. God damn it! Like, like, I have such better ideas. Yeah, I'm like I fucking played myself. You know? And Do you have like, a least favorite? For sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure, dude. Which one? Man? <laughs> Are you yeah, definitely my prayer hands being one of them. Mm. Yeah, they. I. I don't think it looks bad. I don't think it looks bad either. I just want to like, say that it's not a Jewish tattoo. Well, Jewish pray. people pray. I know, but I feel like that's like a Christians took over that. Like Christians rule the hands. The hands, yeah, because yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like Saint Mary or whatever. I don't know. With the, with I don't the, know. I'm not Christian at all. I don't know anything <laughs> about this shit. <laughs> yeah, man. I. I don't know. Nah, that's probably one of my least favorite. My my one of my actually one of my favorite favorites is the music note on my ring finger though. Mm. That's my jam. And the atmosphere tattoo now. <laughs> nah, I don't. You know slug I mean? gotta get a Justin Clancy tattoo. Now. Hey. <laughs> I don't think he, I don't think he would, man. He's at that age where it's like you know he. I don't think he's getting tatted. I have none, and I think it's because I'm such an indecisive person. Yo, that's honestly for the best. Yeah. Like, make sure that it's something that you love at first. See, yeah. That's why you see my room is covered in art. Yeah. Like, that's, I'm fine with that, but with my body, my who I am changes a lot. Not who I am. <sighs> like your but taste. Like, yeah, like my taste. And I want to always be growing. Like, I never, uh, complacency in who I am, too. Like, I'm always on the search for my best self. Then you don't have to worry about tattoos, dude. Yeah. I mean, but it's one of those things where, like, you start out and you're like, man, I want to get this tattoo that's, like, hella meaningful to me. You know what I mean? And then it turns into, like, I just want to get this because it's fucking sick. <laughs> yeah. Would you ever get a face tattoo? <sighs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, I've been, I was thinking about, like, sideburns and shit. Mm. You know? But yeah. I don't think, like, actual, like, on my face. Do you consider tattoo eyebrows... Like when girls get tattoo eyebrows, I'm like, you got a face tat. It's dope as hell. It is. But it you, is. You're, yeah, that's a face tat. Technically, that's a, a face, face tattoo. Tat. I mean, it ain't tricking if you got it, uh, you know. But that's definitely a face tat for sure, for sure. I got offered to get a head. I was offered to go get t- I, the only reason Action Bronson would bring me along is if I got a head tat. And I was like, I can't get a head tat with Action what? Bronson. <laughs> that's what? Yeah. Hold on. Can you elaborate on My first epi- rap episode ever on this podcast was this dude, Hologram, who's Mayhem Loren's brother. Okay. And he debuted his DJ Muggs album on this podcast. That's how I, like, kind of wow. got into, like, the rap interviews. Yeah, yeah. But whatever. And he was like, me and Bronster are going to get face tattoos. You want to come? And I'm like, no. And I didn't want to be like, but can I just hang out in the tattoo studio right. anyway? So I was like, no. But he's like, but if you get a tattoo, it has to be a face tattoo. <laughs> I'm like, That's nah, awful. I'm not going to do that. That's great. You have no other tattoos than just a face tattoo? I know people who do that. My friend Mariella, her face first tattoo is a, like a sideburn tattoo. What? Yeah. That's fucking... Well, sideburn's like whatever. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like a cute little thing. Yeah. 
I'm happy we finally got this to happen, man. I know. This is the, yeah, yeah. There's, it's been a long time coming. There's been many rescheduled and there's been many fucking. I lost his episode and yep. I apologize because it was a yep. great episode. And so anything after that is on me. Yep. Thank you for your time. You fucked up. Thank I you did. for fucking I having me, up. dude. I bucked up. Oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you bucked up, boys and girls. <laughs> But no, I really do appreciate this. When are your Boston shows? Are you doing more? Yeah, I'm doing two shows back to back. Where? Um, at the Middle East upstairs. Oh, yeah. such a good venue. Yeah, I wanted to do like something smaller, but I wanted to make sure that like, you know, as many people could go as possible and like see me in that intimate setting. So it's going to be two nights back to back, February 24th and 25th. Oh, I'm going to try to make it after that. Bro. That's dope as hell. Fuck yeah. I Let's love the it. Middle East upstairs. Yeah, it's, it's a cool spot, man. It's just legendary. That's where I met Griselda for the first time. Upstairs? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. It's I like Brighton Music Hall. You, I didn't tell you this story, but when I was there with Rome Streets. I told him this story. First time I went to Brighton Music Hall. But you performed killed amazing that was the first time you were ever there no no that wasn't the first time but oh, i'm just okay. saying you this is why i'm telling you this yeah, story yeah, yeah, yeah. for people listening i was 16 years old and i went to see riff raff shut the fuck up yeah he was playing brighton musical i saw nba young boy at brighton musical really yeah i've seen some crazy names there young boy at Young boy must have been crazy. Bro, he was 17 years old, and his baby mama was upstairs, and his baby wouldn't stop crying. So he's 17 performing, smoking a blunt, and she's so mad at him that she brings him his baby and hands it to him while he's performing and goes, you take care of it. No fucking and he's way. smoking, trying to perform, holding his baby. No. Yeah. What? <laughs> what was the crowd reaction? I, I was kind of just like disbelief. You know what I like, mean? Is that on brand? I mean, I guess he's a pretty wild guy. That's he got amazing. Floyd Mayweather's daughter to like stab somebody, and she's now in prison now. That's but anyway, I'm 16. Riff Raff's performing, and a chick gave me a hand job in the audience. At Brighton Music Hall, standing was, up, yeah. Like, hand down, I was wearing athletic pants. Were you, was it? it was, was just it, a girl I met at the Riff Raff concert. She was a white girl with cornrows. Oh, my <laughs> fucking God. That was my first memory of Brighton Dude. Musical. What? There's so much to unpack here. You can't, you can't wrap it up at this. There's, what the fuck? Hold up. Yeah. Dry? Dry. Oh, while dry. standing? <laughs> while standing, while Riff Raff's performing. And you can't. How did you like, maintain it, dude? With I was 16. I was, I was 16. I could. That's crazy. When you're 16, you could just keep it up forever, bro. That's, it doesn't matter. You could, be at, you could be at your grandparents' funeral with a boner. It yeah, don't matter. That's, that's fair. <laughs> wow. To completion? To completion. Hey, yo! <laughs> You want to know the craziest part powerful. of that story? That's powerful energy. My dad was in the back of the room. <laughs> Did you tell him? No. He, I hope he listens to this and finds out. Wow. <laughs> I'd be proud. I'd be like, you, where, be like, way you to see go, that son. white girl with cornrows? She just jerked me <laughs> off. <laughs> Dude, that's such a specific energy. Holy shit. Uh, weirdest place you've hooked up. That's where we'll wrap up. I'm about to do a, a podcast next week, and I know that they're going to ask me this shit. <laughs> Their thing is like, weirdest place here if you got a blowjob. <laughs> the Mayflower. The Mayflower? Yeah, I got fed on the Mayflower before. <laughs> I was just answering the question. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> not, like not. the ship? Yeah, like in Plymouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what the fuck, man? Uh, <laughs> You're a fucking animal. I was, when I was young, I was an animal. Yeah, hey, I was pretty gross. <laughs> I was an animal. I, I mean, I'm still pretty gross, but like I was, yeah. No, I'm a, I'm a good boy now. The, the wildest, the wildest place, um, probably mm, in the grass next to the Hampton Beach Police Department during the day. <laughs> yeah. That is pretty yeah, wild. Yeah, that was wild, dude. And then we went and smoked salvia after. <laughs> 
and it was just bad. That sounds like that's that's your proudest moment. It's right? Bad <laughs> vibrations. There's just no good vibes during that show. How chat. old were you? None. I was like 15, 14, wow. 15. It's fucking awful. Well, vibes, they have your dude. picture on the beach. Not, yeah, not allowed yeah, back. probably, man. I oh. yeah. And salvia. salvia. I've never done salvia. No one's ever told me a good story about there are none. There, there's no good stories about salvia, dude. There, there's none. It's the you don't do it for a good time. It's not. There's no way you can fucking enjoy that shit. No, no, nope, nope. Oh man, thank you. That's how we ended the podcast. Perfect. Where people can see you at the Middle East upstairs, February twenty fourth and twenty fifth. Twenty fourth and twenty fifth. They can follow you online at Justin Clancy. Yeah. Everyone, check out uh, empty. What's the name? Empty of space. Empty space featuring slug of atmosphere. Anything else you want to plug? Um, shout out Breno at Unitary. Yes, shout out Breno at Unitary. Shout out Knox. Shout out my band. I love you guys. Shout, shout out, out Plot Eric. God. Huh? Plot God just sent me a, a huge merch package of like 20 shirts. So I wanted to shout him out. Oh, fuck yeah. Shout out to him. He's an amazing artist. Too. Send me some shirts too. I'll <laughs> fucking rep your shit all day. Love shirts. <laughs> but man, thank you so much for of doing course. this. Thank you for having me, bro. Peace out. All cornrow girls. Meet Sam at the Riff Raff Show. <laughs> and this wasn't a Christmas episode. <laughs> no, not a Christmas episode. <laughs> it's clearly mid-January right now. They don't know that. <laughs> Peace out, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah,